So we're back here again. Um, the same night, two episodes, because we love talking to the people. Uh, I'm going to let you all know that I have switched up to At Waters, Vanilla Java Porter mixed with Founders Rubeus, both Michigan beers again, because I'm supporting the state. Uh, Anheuser-Busch Anheuser Bud Light, it's, it's going to be my go-to all night. When we get this sponsor, you guys are going to thank me because uh, David and I are going to be drinking Anheuser-Busch Bud Light all day. I can I can guarantee that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> when, I get a when I get a Michigan brewery to sponsor us, then we're going to be living cloud nine, drinking some beers. I will tell you, if Anheuser-Busch is sponsoring us and they're giving us free beer, then I will definitely drink something that they make. I'm not sure what, but something. Ooh, Bud Light Platinum. And, and Mike is still drinking just nothing because he ran out. Still out. So, all right, guys. Hey, uh, episode number two, two for one. We love these nights. We we, we let these things go long because we get passionate about it, and we really just enjoy talking. Um, here's the here's the bad, right? Here's the things we find that people who are not financially successful financially stable, um, you know, have to worry about retirement, things like that. Th these are what we find the habits of people who, let's call it, don't have money, right? Th these are the things that they do. So, um, David, why don't you start us out? And uh... So, number one thing, and, and I'm going to word this in a specific way, it's spending more than you bring in. Okay, I'm naming it that way because it's not more than you make necessarily because, you know, I've shown my budget before and even though my wife and I make a certain amount of money, I know I'm bringing in an extra $1,400, $1,500 every month by all the extra stuff that I do. Whether that's parsing my tax return out for 12 months or the coaching check I get or my interest or, you know, doing surveys, whatever it is, I'm making an extra 14, 1500 bucks a month. So if you're spending more than whatever you're bringing in, this is a bad habit. We need to stop that stuff. You need to, we, we said in the last episode, you need to write down what your budget is and figure out how to live by that or less than that. Yeah. And you know, it's just, I think that's, uh, you know, we, we started the last episode with the most important, and we are going to start this episode out with the most important, right? You're spending more money than you bring in, and, right, it, we talked a little bit about going out to eat. We talked about, you know, there's so many things that you could be doing um, that are making you spend more money than you're bringing in, so... You know what, if you want to keep doing your lifestyle, we've talked about it. We don't want people to change if you don't want to. We just want you to be more financially successful. So if you're going to continue exactly what you're doing, find another job. Find find a better paying job, get a second job, support your habits, right? Do what you have to do. I don't want you to hate who you are. I would hate to see that. But I want you to afford what you do. I want you to afford your lifestyle. So, um, you, you know, if you're if – you're, we, we find we find that people are paying too much for a car, right? Because you you know it could be your dream car, and it, you know, but everything everything ages, right? I mean, yeah, you got the 1960s, 70s ish that you know cars held value, but we've never, I mean, early 50s stuff like that, but we've never seen any vehicle 
hold value, right? I mean, they're a dime a dozen. They're going to always depreciate in value. We're finding that people are overspending on those um, car payments and not, not budgeting correctly for them. Um, sometimes it's just because you feel like you don't have any other option, right? Because you, you need reliable transportation to get to your job. And, you know, you, you just instantly go buy a car. Sometimes it's because, you know, you, you want to buy that BMW to, ha you know, say that you're making it because you think that your income is there. And it's, it's, you know, really it's not because once that car breaks, you know, you need rotors, you need a hundred dollar oil change on that thing. Like you don't have that money. You didn't budget it. You didn't do the right thing. So um, we're not picking on you. We're just telling you, these are the things we, we, we find are, are failures and, and what tend to drown people and hold them down and make them not build that wealth. And we want to build wealth. So. Well, I think that was one of the eye opening things for Mike when him and I sat down and looked at his budget is, okay, this is what I make and this is what I have to spend. Am I wrong, Mike? No, that's exactly right. Yeah, so I had to look at, you know, I had to take into account, you know, I knew what my income was to work, but I had to find out what I was gonna be paying out in child support to know what was gonna be coming in every two weeks or every month or whatever. Yeah. And then I could be like, okay, I can afford this much for, rent or a mortgage i can afford this much for you know an internet bill i can afford this much for groceries well you know and obviously going through a divorce you're you're starting over from scratch because you know you have all these bills that you may not have known about mm -hmm. and and mike did it in a staged approach which was the smartest thing to do so he moved back in with his parents for a little bit built some money up moved out into an apartment am i it was an apartment first, right? I lived in an apartment first, yeah. And then, you know, saved up enough money for a down payment for a house, and then he moved to a house. Yep. And, you know, the important thing for him was, I want to keep my kids in the school they're in. Yep. So he had a specific area he had to look in, so he had to find something in that area in his price range that he could afford and wouldn't be an issue. So when he looked at everything you know him and i sat down and looked at the money and I, I said hey look at these things and really the only help i gave him was one day on a sunday it, I, and i remember it was a wrestlemania sunday yep. like i don't know probably 2015 ish 2016 ish 2016 like that, yeah. it was probably 2016 and we sat down i looked at it, i said this is what i would do and I don't think Mike and I talked about his money again in anything other than passing conversation. Yep. It was all him sitting there going, okay, David said these things. This is what I'm going to do, which, you know, some of what he said, some of what I think. And, you know, the, by the time I turned around, he bought a house, he bought a new car. He was saving money. He was, you know, looking at what can I do to pay for my kid's education. Yep. And, those are things that make you sit there and go, hey, I'm, I'm finally, you know, I'm getting this. I, I know what to do. Dead. Right or wrong? Correct. Yeah. So, you know, when we look at it, you know, that, that spending less or spending more than what you bring in is going to absolutely destroy your potential to make wealth. And we want you to be wealthy. 
And, you know, say living comfortable, living comfortable is wealthy, right? And you pick your own comfort, right? I mean, you know, as David said, he doesn't vacation as often as I do. Um, you know, and, and so honestly, like you have to figure out what you want out of life and then go capture that, right? Um, and, you know, it can always change through time. Um, Mike, you know, just because I, because you've kind of been there a little bit, I, you know, I only have some older things of like, Hey, I didn't, excuse me. I didn't save as much as I should have. What is one of the biggest things I guess that David or anything has taught you that you were doing wrong, that you, that you have changed now? Like what was your worst habit back then? Do you have any idea? I mean, my worst habit, and I think it goes down to what you said at the beginning of the previous episode is I didn't have things written down. I wasn't budgeting. You know, I, wasn't aware I wasn't giving myself a cushion of like you know Dave said you know if you're spending you know 375 say you spent four you know and I'm not you know you know and I I did I lived paycheck to paycheck I didn't say oh you know I always want to have at least five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars in my checking account at any one time and, you know, consider that my zero point to the point where if I'm below that, you know, that's what I need to start freaking out. You know, I wasn't sure. doing that stuff. No, that's great. Like, you know, I mean, and I think, again, we talked about, we talked about budgeting, but like, that is, that is key. Like, yeah. I find that, you know, you just said it, your, your biggest failure was not budgeting and you found it to be the most successful thing to yeah. help you get to the next step. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, we talked about 500, a thousand, I keep a thousand now, you know, I, I think having, having a plus amount of money be your new zero mm. is, is, is a thing. I remember when I first started out, it was like a hundred bucks. Right. I, I just always told myself, I, I, for some reason I grew up so poor that like, I remember crying one day, this big guy cried. I was 16 years old. I had a flat tire I had no money to change that flat tire. I, I went and worked so hard to get it. And I put the new tire on and I backed out of my driveway and I crap you not, the other tire blew, right? The, the opposite tire. And like, it, it just, it devastated me. Cause like, I just worked so hard to get like a new tire on. And so now it's like, so I told myself, I was like, I need a hundred bucks just to guarantee I have a tire, right? And so I, I made that hundred dollars my new zero for the, oh crap, something just happened. <laughs> like. You know, if I have to have somebody come pick me up in my beater car, I mean, this was a, a 1997 Ford Escort, right? I mean, it was, I had no heat. <laughs> my wife and I still love it. You know, I, I was scraping, I was scraping ice from the inside with, with credit cards, right? It's back, I haven't seen one in a while, but back then they were sending me credit cards in the mail to sign up and, and I just kept them as ice scrapers yeah. just, just to get the inside of my car. And, and you know, so it was having having an emergency fund or some type of money and understanding that an emergency fund is literally your zero dollar fund right like once you hit that oh crap get that back up so um i really i really yeah. like the fact that budgeting is the biggest thing that's helped you and, and yeah. actually writing it down so um you know i i say other other bad habits david well, I, I, I want to take a tangent here because we're really good on taking tangents. So I got two real <laughs> real quick tangents. One is Mike's first car that he bought was a Ford Escort. It was. It was green. We drove that fucker to Iowa and back. 
I don't know why we went to Iowa because it's the dumbest, second dumbest state in the union next to Kentucky. Wasn't that where we when we drove to Toronto and back hey. too? We did drive that to Toronto and back. You're right. You don't talk about Kentucky like that, all right? They have bourbons. They, I love. They have the horses. I love Kentucky. They have two stupid senators. Anyways, <laughs> doesn't matter. Mind you, so, remember, we were living in Illinois when we drove to. Uh, we were Iowa. working we a really stupid job. We didn't make the trip for Michigan and back. Yes, okay. it, it was in Illinois, and it was a dumb job. And oh boy. Anyways. Yeah. No, and, and so. You know, I, I, but that goes, that goes to the next thing, right? Like I know, I know at that time. I, I wasn't like, done yet on my tangent. Stop for a minute. You are done. I'm not done. So I did a survey a few years ago. They paid me like $150 to sit in a room with people. And I'm not really a people person. I'm kind of a dick. So he's asking questions and, and he's, he asks these women, he, he goes, is it important for you for your kids to have a better life than you? And like three women in a row go, no, I don't really care. As long as they're happy, I don't give a shit. And he looks at me and he goes, is it important for your kid to have a better life than you? I'm like, fuck yeah, it's important. I, I work my ass off. So my kid has a better life than what I have. And he asks a couple more people and, you know, guys, and, and they answer the same way I do. And he looks at, the guys and he goes i think i figured it out it's a guy thing so i'm on with two guys here nick is it more important for you to have for your daughter to have a better life than you is that important i think your answer was and i quote f yes it's more important <laughs> it's a thousand times more important yeah like i i work so my daughter can have a better lifestyle than what i had i mean I'm not going to hand her things for free, but she's definitely going to have a better lifestyle. I mean, you know, I, I want, I want to build, let's call it a small empire for her to build this community. Right. And then I want her kids to build, you know, just massive. And, and, you know, I I always want the next generation to do better. Mike. I'm going to say it this way, and, and that's almost going to be like the in the in the middle of the road, like I often end up being, and that yes, I want them to not necessarily have to worry about, you know, how am I going to pay for college? How am I going to do this, that, and the other thing? But I also am the one who, like, if they want to go to, you know, a, a one-year tech school and get a job as a welder and that's what makes them happy. I'm all about it. Well, and that, you know, and I, I think again, that, that reiterates back to what, what I've been saying is like, it's all in, it's all about what you want as a person. So yeah. me saying that I want better for my daughter isn't necessarily financial, right? Like yeah. I, my wife and I, my wife is a hippie, right? Like I, I joke with her all the time. I mean, she really, you know, she, she's hundred times and me, I care about the world and I want to impact lives. So my, my hope is, you know, and I can't choose it for her, but my hope is that my kid looks at me and says, Hey dad, I want to travel the world and I want to impact lives in every other country. And I want to, you know, just honestly make an impact on the world. I want her to be able to do that. I never had that opportunity, right? If I have to pay money for her to do that, as long as she's doing the things she said, She's, mm-hmm. you know, working her butt off to do it. As long as she's doing, man, she's happy. Like I, you know, I worked the first however long of my life, not happy. I work 
let's be honest, right? Like if, if this gets me fired, it'll suck, but I don't want to work at my job. I, I show up, I do the job. If I, you know, if my daughter never has to work a day in her life, but she's the happiest person in the world doing it, man, that's a better life than what I had. Right. Because I had, I had to do something that I hated. We all have to do things we hate, but it's again, making that hate from, from down here to making that hate to up here. Right. Like, I think we all have the, we all look at people and we're like, oh man, we're so jealous that, you know, they can pretty much do whatever they want and buy whatever they want, whenever they want, like sports stars or, or, um, actors, you know, and their kids and like, you know, they, they get to, so man, if my kid can have any experience of that, I'm, I'm a happy, I'm a happy father, right? Like she has officially lived her life the way she wanted to. And if I can help and impact that anyway, I am, I am happy. Well, I think that's where we're all at. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be just monetarily. Yeah. It's we want to set up our kids for success. We want them to do whatever they have a passion for. Like, you know, Nick and I, we've known each other for a while. Mike and I have known each other for, you know, quarter of a century or more. Um, my, my biggest passions are, are money and coaching. If I can make a living coaching without the hassle, I would probably do that. Hey, Nick's all, all bright now. He's outside. I figured I wanted to get some more light on this subject because I, you know, I, I think that I think we're all going to put some passion into this bad boy. So I, I think we I, are uh, too because you know, I'm gonna go sit by the pool. You look at this, and, and, you know, Nick coached with me for a year, and he, he knows where my passion lies. It's not necessarily with coaching because <clears> – excuse me. Yeah, I, I love coaching, and, I, I you know, I love teaching girls how to play softball, and that, that's great. But it's not necessarily about being better at throwing a ball or hitting a ball. It's, it's about being a better person. So I look at some of these girls that I coached and I coached in an inner city school for a long time. And now I coach, you know, I'm an assistant at a country school that they all have cows and, and stuff. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, I just want these kids to be better people. And the better I can make them, the happier I am about it. And, you know, Nick got to come on that journey for a year with me. Mike has watched me, you know, the last few years as, as a coach, just being happy about them getting out and competing. And I know with Nick, it's, you know, he has a lot of, he, he has a lot of, he, he doesn't have a lot of mentors. He has one major mentor, which, you know, helps him navigate his way through things. But honestly, even for being as young as he is, he's mentoring a lot of people. And he, even with Mike, you know, he has, his children that he's trying to impress that this is what you need to do and get better. And, you know, he has a family that looks at him and, and he can say, you know, yeah, I screwed up here and there, but now I have everything together and this is what I'm doing to, to build my money and, and have a better life. And, and that's literally what we want to do. It's, it's not necessarily about being rich. We would all love to be rich, but, we want to pass that on to other people and say, this is what you can do to be better. I think Nick might be lost. Mike, am I wrong? No, you're right. 
Yeah, no, I, that's why, you know, I, I really like being, you know, active and scouts with my kids and stuff like that is it's teaching them some character, teaching them some skills that they might not get other places. And, you know, maybe they'll find something and, you know, learning some of these skills that they'll really become passionate about and, you know, either becomes, you know, a part-time job like Dave with the coaching or even a full-time job like, you know, my son has really gotten into cooking and thinks he wants to be a chef. Well, you know, when you look at it, when you see the three of us, we all have very different educational backgrounds. Mike went to Albion College. He graduated with honors, a psychology degree. He's not really in the psychology field. I'm not in psychology at all. Um, I, I went to many, many schools. I'm still going to college, which I started in, in psychology. I did a little computer science. Now I'm, I'm fully on finance. I'm, I'm five classes away from my bachelor's degree, which hopefully I'll finish in the next couple of years here once, you know, tuition reimbursement picks back in for my job. And Nick's done a few classes here and there, but for the most part, he's fully on the, yeah, I worked, but I'm really trying to build, you know, my future through investments in real estate. Yeah, I just say, you know, honestly, I we go out to, you know, I went to college because back then, you know, which isn't long, but back then, in order for you to have your parents cover insurance, you had to be going to school full time or have a full time job. And mm -hmm. so, you know, honestly, like I was like, I was scared. So it was all right, I guess I have to finance my future just to make sure, you know, it was, I figured it was cheaper to have to have insurance, you know, by financing college than it was, you know, to, to actually go do it. Um, and then I got offered a, a bowling scholarship. Uh, and so I bowled for college. That's, that's, I didn't go for school necessarily. I, I went for the insurance and then for the fun of, you know, wanting, wanting to live that, that lifestyle that everybody talks about. And I, I regret it. I'll be honest. Right. I, I wish I knew back then what I know now, because I would have started a heck of a lot sooner. And, and, you know, I, I, I wasted, let's call it a couple of years of my life. You know, I, I don't have a degree. I have some college and I'm in a job right now where that's all I care about is what your degree is in. And I'll, I'll be the first to tell them, right? Like when you show me a paycheck that's bigger than mine, I will officially go to school. And only if you promise me that job, but I, I know I can make more money outside of this place, you know? So, um, you know, it, it's just a, it's a frustration for me because you know, I, I find I find that's another bad habit, right? Is people people listen to the masses and they say, hey, you know, school is for you know, school is if you want to get to this spot, and it's it's not. But like, you know, I mean, I, I I like the fact that we just talked about Mike has a degree in something he's not even using. You know, David, he was he was going to school, but like his degree changed, but because of his job and where he wants to be with his job, like. I went to school for nothing. Like, you know, oh, I, I have an interest in this and I guess I'll just declare this just so I can bowl. You know, that's kind of what it was. So, um, you know, I, I think people waste, waste too much money on education um, just to say they have it. You know, honestly, if you, if you know you're going to get lined up with, with a job um, and, you know, you have an in and all that, yeah, go to school, do it, make sure it's for something, right? 
the whole joke is people go to school for underwater basket weaving or, you know, yodeling 101 or something. And it's just like, man, that's, that's such a waste to me. So um, if you're going to do something, do it full heartedly. So that's a, that's a bad habit that I see is people following the masses. Um, you know, it's funny because getting, you know, growing up, you were always told, you know, if your friends jumped, jumped off of a bridge, would you jump off of a bridge? And your parents always wanted you to answer no. Oh, if your friends go to school, are you going to go to school? Well, apparently that answer is supposed to be yes at that point, but it's, it's not true to me. I mean, me personally, right? Like I, I'm a business mindset. Like, again, you know, if, if, if my kid wanted to go to a technical school or something like that, man, I'm, I'm all for it. Right. Because that's what they're passionate about. And, you know, so my wife, she is an occupational therapist. She had to go to school. Like the law requires it. She has to have it. I supported it, but she knew what she wanted to do. And, and so I think if you know what you want to do and you have that, go do it. Otherwise, man, take a step back and, and figure out that you can work, you know, in a, in a different job and, and work your way up there. So school is not for everybody. I'll tell you that. Well, when we look at stuff, you know, one of the other bad habits I really want to hit on and, I think Nick and I know this really well because of the areas we live in. He lives in Jenison, which is, you know, upper middle class, maybe lower high class. I live in Byron Center, which is definitely lower high class, maybe middle high class. Yeah. Don't spend your money on credit. So, a lot of the people around me, the only way they afford their lifestyle is by maxing out their credit, whether it's two or three house loans or maxing out any every credit card they have. My wife and I have walked around, and, and mind you, this is going to sound really pompous, but I don't care. My wife and I have walked around the last 10, 12 years saying, I bet we have more money than everybody on the block because they're mortgaging themselves through the nose. Yep. And we're just sitting here going, yeah, I'm all right with the fact that, you know, I have one mortgage and I'm not buying a boat or a four wheeler or, you know, taking three vacations a year or anything else. I'm just trying to make ends meet and save some money for the future. And, you know, I say, I, I'm, I'm not going to put the person's name out there. But I will tell you, I, I have a friend that lives in Byron Center, and he came to me one day, and he said, look, we're, you know, my, my, between my wife and I, we have gotten, let's call it $20,000 worth of credit card debt, right? And, and it was from, it was from putting their son through football camp. It was putting their son through uh, baseball camp. It was, you know, uh, financing a vacation that they go on every year. It was, you know, and so it wasn't like a one-time thing. It was a constant, it was a constant, um, hey, you know, he wants it, he needs it, blah, 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 we're going to do it. And so we talked and, you know, I, I, I gave him the idea of a, a home equity line of credit, you know, because I was like, hey, you know, the interest rate's going to be less than the credit card. But, you know, they ended up re doing a cash out refi because they had enough equity in their house at the time. And I begged him so much. I was like, look, you basically you've had your prayers answered, right? You, everything has literally just fallen into your lap. Don't blow it. Don't blow this opportunity. And, and you know, we had this, you know, cause I, I, 
I'll be honest, I took a HELOC out on my place here because I don't owe much and I wanted to buy another house. So, we, you know, I was like, hey, I'll, I'll do a race with you because I'm, I'm money motivated. I was like, let's see who can pay their HELOC off faster, right? So then we, we go a couple of weeks and he's like, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing this. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking that money that I'm saving every month and putting towards it. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, we kind of fell off. We, we, you know, we opened a credit card. We did this. And I was like, oh man, like, so I fear for what's going to come, especially, you know, especially with having the higher mortgage payment, having, you know, these new credit cards. And it's just, so yes, David, like where you live, people are more willing to finance everything, you know? Um, and it's in every class, right? We, you and I coached inner city. I coached varsity um, at a different school by myself. And, you know, that was a diverse school like it was a you know we i had a parent who's who you know i had a kid whose parents were very very well off and i had kids who needed rides everywhere and they didn't go home to their parents right like so everybody finances it and that's what we find is like when you when you try to keep up with the joneses right buy up buy a riding lawnmower that you thought you wanted but you know you could push mo for free like honestly keeping up especially in yours in my area for sure. I don't know about Mike's area, but David, like, tell me, tell me everybody on your block, you know, doesn't have a riding, you know, a, a riding lawnmower except you. Damn near everyone. <laughs> you know? Um, they don't and, have and very big right. lawns, which doesn't make it seem like a riding lawnmower would be necessary. Right. Well, you know, and, and, you know, it's funny cause they're, they're always brand new too. You know, it's like, I just got the brand new Husqvarna, the Cub Cadet. And trust me, I'm a tractor man. Like I, you give me a John Deere. I'm the happiest guy in the world. I, I bought my neighbor, my neighbor moved out and I bought his uh, zero turn Husqvarna with 23 hours on it for 600 bucks. <laughs> I mean, I got a steal of a deal. Um, but you know, that's the only reason I have that. But so that's a bad habit is, is trying to impress everybody else that's around you trying to buy a status, you know, I mean, it goes back to buying a, a expensive car. Don't, don't do it. Right. It's, it's not worth it. You're not proving any, you know, you're not proving anything to anybody, you know? Well, you know, and, and, you know, talking about status symbols. So, you know, we're doing this episode. It's, it's June 2nd, 2020 and the world is ending because we're in the middle of coronavirus and black lives matter and all this shit that's going on. And, I, I think back to the last year that I coached travel ball, which was summer 2013. And, you know, I, I coached for an organization where they charged probably thousand bucks a kid. And I had practice that summer at the high school I coached at, which was very inner city. And I told them, I said, listen, you're going to come to practice. You're going to practice with some of my school kids. And I remember I had these twins that were, you know, they were probably 5'10", both blonde, 14 years old, nice girls. And they sat there arguing in front of these very inner city kids that don't have anything. They're arguing that, hey, my birthday's next week and I better get a new $400 bat. And for them, that was a guarantee. And I remember one of the kids I coached looked at me and goes, they're kidding, right? And I went, nope, that's, 
that's the life they live. And that's not the life you will ever live. You're going to get a $400 back because I'm going to buy one for the school and you're going to get to use that one. But your parents are never going to be able to buy that. And that's fine. But what you have to do is, is realize, you know, where you're at in life. If you're at the spot in life where, you know, you can pay for your kids to play a sport for a thousand dollars a year and buy them a new $400 bat every year, that's great. But you have to be logical on those expenditures. I, I heard a college coach say once, he said, you know, you're going to pay all this money for these travel teams. You're going to pay all this money for this, this training. And at the end of the day, you're going to be left with memories and, and you better make the most of those memories because most of them are not going to come with a full ride to a division one school. That's exactly it. You know, I mean, and we, we talk about it all the time, right. Is, you know, we, we've had, we've had this conversations with parents like, Hey, I want to do what I can. And honestly, right. We were like, Hey, if you want to bring a treat, we get it. Like, you know, because David and I, I remember the year that we, we coached together. I, I had a daughter. That's why I stopped, but you know, we would still be doing it. Um, you know, we would, we would fundraise, we would do everything we could to make sure these kids had, you know, let's call it the one $400 bet that they all shared. I mean, you know, it, it, we understand, especially, you know, from where I come from, I, I didn't have, you know, I had a bat that was sitting in the basement for 25 years that might've been my grandpa's and I got made fun of, but man, hit a home run one time with that bad boy and all of a sudden you're king you know but yeah we we had girls we had girls that probably could have done it but you know money money was the motivator and um you know they had to support their family so um you know honestly the the, the chances that your kid is going to be a pro athlete in the sport that you're funding man it's very small you know honestly if I'm not saying I'm not saying don't support your children, right? I'm saying don't stress yourself financially to have your kid have that lifestyle that they statistically won't end up with. I mean, you know, if they're not in middle school and getting scouted by people, you know, you I, I would take a look at your finances and figure out where you where you want to be. So. Well, the next thing we really want to hit is, and, and we talked about it very briefly on the last episode, was payday loans. Don't ever take out a payday loan. Never. These are predatory. They, Their only goal is to put you in further debt. What, How they make money is they get you to come in and say, you know what, I'm 10 days from my paycheck and... I really need some money to tie me over. Can you give me some money? And they go, yeah, I can give you 500 bucks. That's not a problem. Here you go, $500. Just so you know, in 10 days, you owe me 580. And 10 days come and you go, well, here's your 580 because you don't have a choice. You've already written them a check. They're taking that $580. And you're going, well, I don't have any money left. So I really need $500 again. And they go, well, that's fine. You're getting paid in two weeks. So here's your $500. In two weeks, you're giving me $580. And all it ends up being is this really bad track record of here's 580 bucks that I'm spending every two weeks just to get my 500 in my actual pay. Yep. Well, and, you know, and then, and then they build the interest on the $80. And they build the interest on the $80, and the 160 bucks. And then they build the interest on the 20, you know, 240 bucks. And, like, 
yeah, okay, it looks like, you know, 10%, 12%, 25% interest on this money. But, I mean, this is daily, compounded constantly, and it turns into, you know, 300 to 400% interest over a year, you know, and there's really no way out of it, right? I mean, you have, to, you have, you have to hope and pray. And, you know, we, we David and I, it's, it's our number one biggest thing that we hate, right, is payday loans. Um, honestly, if you don't talk to your parents, if you don't talk to your sister, if you don't talk to anybody, right, like you hate somebody. Call them first before you go to a payday lender, right? Like, yeah, honestly, that's how bad we think of these things is like, I would rather talk to my worst enemy versus a payday lender. That's how, that's how bad these people are. Well, and people will be like, you know, I would rather give blood than, and then take money from these. You know what? They'll pay you for plasma. Go, go give your plasma. You can probably make 80, hundred bucks a week. 70 bucks. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's, it's going to take you a couple hours every week. I'd rather you get plasma than take money from these people because they're just horrible predators. All, all they, they, they basically look at you like you're a gazelle, and they're a lion, and they're going to suck everything you have. And there's no reason to pay that ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's our that's – our, second biggest bad habit is payday payday loans um you know again we talked about touching you know or keeping up with the joneses uh financing things that you shouldn't be able to you know that you shouldn't um we we want to touch base on another bad habit is is not educating yourself right and we talked about you know paying for college but we're talking about watching things like this i mean if you don't look for help and how to better your life. Um, we, we look at that as a bad habit, right? I mean, I watch, I watch, uh, other, other people's YouTubes. I listen to podcasts all the time, uh, because there's always somebody that has more knowledge than what I have. And so we, we, we find that, you know what, if you're not reading books, if you're, I don't read, I've read one book, my, all right, two books, my whole life. Um, and I hated the last one I read because I already had all the knowledge that it gave me. (laughs) So, um, but you know, we find that if you're not, if you're not trying to help yourself, you're failing yourself, right? Like if you're, if you're not trying to better your life, um, through learning something that you don't already know, I mean, even if your job, right? Like if you're not learning what it takes to become the next step, right? You're, you're not, you're not doing anything. I mean, so it's everything, everything that you do. If you're not, if you're not willing to learn how to make money, if you're not willing to learn how to not spend money, if you're not willing to learn how to budget money, you know, there, there's so much stuff that it comes to then, you know, that, that's what we find as a, as a bad habit is, is the continuing the education financially. Um, I want to, you know, I want to reiterate another bad habit, right? Financing, financing cars at a high percent, um, you know, right now, right now they're offering 0% loans on vehicles and, you know, that's fine. But, uh, we find that, we find that, you know, buying, buying a car that's three years old or older, right. The depreciation is already set in. So you don't need a brand new vehicle. 
you could have a great debate with me right now. Honestly, I don't know where I stand on the 0% interest. I love 0% interest, but I know that 0% interest on 40,000 versus 3% interest on $20,000 vehicle is way better. You know what I mean? I, I probably still choose the used vehicle at 20,000 with, you know, 30,000 miles on it. Um, you know, and I want to talk about buying too big of a vehicle. So I own a, I own a truck. It, you know, it gets used quite a bit. Um, but I, I have, honestly, I have personal friends that own a truck that have never once hauled anything in it. They just wanted a big vehicle. I have friends that have no kids, don't haul anything, and they have a Ford Expedition, right? Like full-size SUV because it's a status thing. I, I have a friend that owns a Bentley, and he can afford it all day, every day, right? But, again, he can afford that. He doesn't have to worry about having four, four seats. Um, you know, so don't, don't buy more than you need or more than you can afford. I mean, really, the difference between a brand new, you know, I, I love Dodge Ram, or so just Ram now, um, compared to my Dodge Ram, because I have an 04, I, I saved 90% of, you know, I mean, I, I really, I saved 90% of my, on my vehicle to, to do it. So we find that poor people or not financially stable people are, are financing vehicles constantly. And if you're leasing, right, you're rolling that lease over to the next one. You're never buying anything. It's never going to be worth anything. You're just wasting your money just to have a vehicle. So, um, we, we find that leasing vehicles is, is another very negative. You get nothing out of it for nothing in return. One of, one of the big things I want to hit on, on vehicles is, you know, when, when I was young and my mom bought vehicles and even, you know, in my early days, you trade in your vehicle on a new vehicle and you know, you get X number of dollars back, which is never as good as if you just take the time and sell the damn thing on your own. So my thought is always, I'm gonna take this vehicle, I'm gonna sell it on my own, I'm gonna make more money. I'm all about more money. So I bought my daughter a car, she was 15 years old. I spent, I don't know, about $6,900 on it. I turned around when she was, God, she probably bought that in 15, 16, something. probably bought it in 15, end of 15. She wanted a new car. We, we took 2,000 and put it down. We just took two grand and put it down. I didn't trade her car in. I waited until I could get the deal I wanted, which was $2,500 for it. And I gave her $2,500 back. So basically she made 500 bucks over what she put down on the car. So no, and, th and, th and I think that's it is, you know, we yeah. did talk about time is money, but the, um, you know, I know, I know when I looked at a vehicle, I, I looked at trading in, we talked about the Ford Escort, I think last episode or, um, you know, I looked at trading that in for a vehicle and they were going to give me 500 bucks. And I was like, man, this thing runs and drives. It's fine. You know, and I ended up selling it for, I don't know, I think 800 bucks, too many bikes and a mini quad. Uh, I sold, I sold, you know, one of the mini bikes and one of the quads for 200 bucks a piece. And I had a mini bike that I rode around 
uh, in style. So, and, you know, and made money on it. So uh, you can always make more money than what the dealership's going to give you, right? They're, they're looking to make a profit. Understand that. So um, even on lease trade-ins, you know, I, I know people do that. There's always somebody, there's always somebody that's looking to buy at a discounted value, right? So let's say, you know, let's say you, you bought $50,000 lease trade-in is going to be, you know, uh, let's call it 30 for round numbers. You know, you, you, you can either buy it out for 30,000 or, you know, lease the next one. You know what? Somebody's going to give you 35,000 for that. You're going to make $5,000 on top of that. And somebody's going to have a, a used truck at the value that they need to get it at, you know? Um, you know, don't, don't quote me on those numbers, but you're always, the, the point is, is you're always going to make more money taking the time to sell it yourself. Yeah. It just takes time to do that. And, and, and that's what a lot of people don't want to deal with is they don't want to deal with the time or the hassle. So they'll just take less money for it. And I, I'm all about, let's deal with the time and the hassle. I, I know when Mike gets ready to get a new car, he's going to go, Hey, I don't want time and hassle. I'm just going to let them give me a trade in and I'm going to go, dude, I'll sell that for you. I'll make you, you know, a thousand bucks more than they'll make. And, and let's just run with that. I'm already figuring when I buy a new car, it's going to be giving the current car to my kids to drive around. There you go. Which is the smart thing to do. Cause they'll probably be at that age. They will. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead, David. So kind of the next thing we wanted to hit on was something I'm really bad at that Nick is way better than me at, and it's hoarding your money and not spending it on some fun. So we only get a limited time in this world, and sometimes you got to have some fun with your money, and I'm terrible at that. My fun is running around in a costume and, you know, spending money that way, but Nick will go on vacation two, three times a year. And I, I can honestly say my wife would much rather go on vacation than she would watching me run around in a costume. That's one of the things you have to look at. Yeah. Well, and you know, one thing, you know, so if you and your wife are on the same page, that's one thing, right? If you both have the end goal in mind to hoard money, to get to a retirement, if, if it impacts your life, if it impacts your life in such a such a significant way, yeah, do it, right? But you know what I was realizing was I'm hoarding money, getting nowhere fast. You know, I mean, I I again we talked about you know how much I save every month um, or every week or whatever, and that was what I needed to get to my goals. Um, I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. And I'm I'm watching my wife just say, "When's enough enough?" and so you have to look at yourself and say, Hey, okay, you know what? And that was, that was a big thing for me. My, I mean, it took me until probably three years ago when we went on vacation. Um, I took a, I took a small chunk of money, put it into an account because I, we thought we were going to get 11% interest on it. Um, and we had it there for a month and all of a sudden the, the 11% interest stopped. Uh, you had to start using your card and doing a bunch of stuff and it just wasn't worth it to us. So, I, my wife and I were like, well, I mean, let's, let's just make it a vacation fund. Uh, she puts in, you know, whatever a week I put in whatever a week. And then whenever we want to go on vacation, we, we both have a debit card. 
And the rules now are you can spend as much as you want on whatever you want as long as we can get through the whole vacation and have, you know, some type of money and, you know, really don't hold yourself back on it, right? So you have the, you have the amount of money that's in it. And, you know, so when we go on the all-inclusive, right, it costs me, you know, let's call it two grand. Swipe it, pay for everything there, and then we get there and everything comes off that. Um, we went to – we went on a vacation and I didn't check my account every day to figure out how much I spent. I didn't do anything to figure out how much I spent. And that was like an eye opener to me. I was like, okay, so like, can't say it saved my marriage. Right. I mean, we, we my wife and I love each other dearly. We're going to be married 10 years here in oh, a month. I got to figure out a gift for that. <laughs> so, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really like, to, to us in our relationship, she has different goals than what I have. Mine is to, to have, you know, this, this lifestyle and hers is to live life now. And so to have a happy medium, yeah, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to do these things to support. And um, I thought that was key for us for sure. Well, I think that's where I'm coming from too. Cause I know, you know, Mike was over a couple of weeks ago. Nick brought his wife over a couple of weeks ago. And I was, I was talking to your wife. I'm like, you know, my 20th anniversary is coming up in a couple of years. I'd like to take a trip. You guys should go. And I've been talking to Mike about this for at least a year saying, Hey, I want to take a trip for my 20th. You should go. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, trying to keep your mate happy. That that's, that's something that's important. And I mean, you know, Ummer has not been married nearly as long as what Nick and I have. And, and obviously, you know, not as long as Mike was, but you know, when, when you look at hoarding money, Ummer, really, what are, what are, what are the things that are, you're going to be able to do that is not necessarily hoarding and, and keeping you and your wife from doing what you want? That's difficult for me to answer because I built up such a huge nest egg by the time we got married that I've never had to worry about that. Sure. Where, you know, when I was younger, I, I made the right choices and flipped my life around. And then I turned around, got married. Then I bought a house. Then I had a kid. So like I, I did everything in the right order in my opinion. Yeah. You're like that 1% that's actually like, had your craft together, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and it's wonderful. Let me tell you, if you guys are young and you're watching this, it's, but, it's the best thing in the world. So, like, let me ask you now, like, does your wife ask for a new car? No. So, I mean, like, right, like, but, you know, I, yeah. I know my I know my wife right now, she's like, oh, I want a new vehicle, and I'm like, well, buy a used one, <laughs> you know, so, like, <laughs> and I have a nest egg, but, like, I hoard money, because, like, she doesn't need brand new. She needs used and we'll be just fine to go from a to b so um yeah i knew does she mean just different no (laughs) 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 no you know um you know and and my wife and i look at things financially so much different and i and i love it right like it it keeps it keeps us on our toes and it definitely like without my wife, I wouldn't have experienced half the things I've done, right? Like I wouldn't have traveled to states and countries that I've never been to. Um, 
you know, with this whole COVID thing, we were, so my 10 year anniversary, as I said, is a month away. We were supposed to go to Europe for uh, a while. And now that COVID hit, that is literally out the door. So now we have to plan a vacation uh, with the kid because my, my mother can no longer watch her, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, to have your stuff together at such a young age, I mean, right, like we, we look at – no offense, but Mike, right? Like, I mean, your budgeting stuff when you were with your wife was different than what Ummers was before his wife, right? And like, you know, so if your wife back then asked for a new car, what would you do? I would have still said, we can't afford it. <laughs> you know, right, you can't afford it. But, you know, Ummers over here, like, I can afford it. I, you know, I got the money. So, um, you know, that, that's just the key is is making the right decisions will get you to be able to do what you want. And I, I think that's the biggest key for David and I is, you know what? Set yourself up so you don't ever have to say no. And talk about your goals. Because once we started talking about our goals, we found out that they were so similarly aligned. And the more we talk about it, the more we're like, yeah, we both want to retire crazy early, as early as possible. And What's, er what's early to you? Uh, for me, it would be like in five years. So by the time I'm 40. That's what I'm talking about. And then my wife was thinking she'll work by choice until she's about 50. Sure. So I'm, in order to make I'm, that happen, you got to act a certain way, do certain things, and we're both on board. Yeah. I, I'm trying to retire yesterday, and my wife doesn't ever want to retire. Um, but I'm trying to convince her that retirement could mean that she can go do her job anywhere in the world and not have to get paid for it. So she's yep. starting to come around to it because, you know, when we do go out of the country, she's like, I can help these people. And I'm like, that's the, that's the spirit right there. I can help these people. So, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I don't want money to be the deciding factor in that. So, um, you know, I, I guess, David, what other bad habits are you seeing that people are doing to keep them not financially successful? So another thing we have here is, is we touched on a little bit last time. It's impulse buying or buying things that are on sale. My wife is, is great at this. She'll go to Meyer and she'll see that she saved $130 but she spent $150. So she'll say, hey, I saved $130. Isn't this great? And I'm like, yeah, if you didn't go to the store, you would have saved $150. That's, you know, not really jiving with me here. Sure, sure. So one of the things you really need to do is we, we, we hammered at home as much as we can. Write everything down. So if you're gonna make a shopping trip write down the things you want buy those things don't worry about what's on sale yeah and you know i say we all have those times where we do that i mean i am guilty of it i did it yesterday honestly just yesterday right so i was golfing with my friends and all of a sudden you know we we had such a great time i was like oh man i'll order pizza you guys come over. So I ordered pizza, paid for the tip on delivery. I was like, let's go grab some more beers. Uh, ended up with, uh, again, Bud Light. So, um, you know, but 
right? I, I impulse, I impulse bought that. My wife literally had food ready for that night and we could have just eaten that and had it for free. So, um, it's being able to control those emotions and not, not spend it if you don't have to kind of a thing. So, well, and kind of, kind of the next thing falling off of that is, is vices. And when we talk about vices, we're not necessarily talking about alcohol and drugs. Yep. We're talking about alcohol, drugs, uh, lottery. Lottery is a big vice for people. Uh, eating out is a vice. Yep. Buying coffee. I know at one point, my wife would stop at Speedway and she'd pay $2 for a coffee. And I kept saying, I'm like, listen, you can make coffee here. It's not going to cost you two bucks every time you make it. It might cost you two bucks to make a big ass thing of it. And, and you can go, you know, six cups out of that. Yep. And you really need to look at that spending and say, okay, do I really need to spend money at Starbucks? Do I really need to spend money, you know, grabbing a egg McMuffin at, at McDonald's? Do I really need to buy the Powerball this week? Yeah. And I, I say, I, I fully agree. We talked about my gambling, you know, and stuff like that. You know, I, I, I do enjoy it, but you know, if you can afford it, it's a thing. If you can't afford it, don't do it. So, um, yeah, say so I'm moving around a little bit. Um, just want to get it some light, spooky. but yeah. thank you. Say, it's, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, a, a vices are it. Like, you know, and they're I'm not, again, if you're a smoker, I'm not telling you to stop smoking. If you a cowboy that chews tobacco, I'm not telling you to stop. Right. I'm saying budget for it. And, and make it a thing. But again, just remember, it's what's costing you money. Yeah, and some of those vices are becoming very, very expensive. So it's just about, you know, being smart about it. I, I Mike and I watched the last, I don't know, three, four Super Bowls together, right? Yep. And I bet on the Super Bowl every year. Now, I'm not betting on who's going to win or lose. But I'm on FanDuel and I'm, you know, picking a few players. That way, hopefully, I can win some money. And you can attest that I'm sitting there every time going, damn it, this guy needs to get another touchdown for me. Just so I can win $5. Every, yeah, every, time, I, you know, every time somebody would hit a few yards or score attention, I'd be like, what's in that now? Yep. And again, it's a little I, I, bit of fun, I, I, I but you have to you have to reel that in sometimes too. I know I you know I I have friends I have friends that spend and I'm not I'm not exaggerating right they spend thousands of dollars on fantasy football out there. They get into leagues and you know, yeah okay you win and, but I know I was one for fifty bucks or whatever. And, like three of my players got injured and I'm just like, Oh man, like this is crazy. So, um, you know, I, I, I want to, everybody has a vice. Everybody has something that costs them money that they don't absolutely need, but you know, makes them happy. So, um, you know, we're trying to figure out how happy it makes you. Right. I mean, again, we talked about coffee. I give my wife crap every time she gets coffee, but 
you know, I, I also tell her that, hey, if you're going to buy coffee, you're not buying Amazon packages. Like, you know, before this episode, Mike went and got an Amazon package. <laughs> so, you know, no, it's, uh, you know, it, it's all those types of things to, uh, to, to make you understand that, hey, you're spending money on stuff that really just doesn't make you happy. It, it makes you happy for two seconds. It doesn't make you happy for a long time. So take a look at it. Maybe, you know, maybe see if you can cut it down just a little bit. Start small baby steps. That's what we always talk about is, you know, start, start small and go big. So. So one of the next things is, hang on, I got to get my phone going here. Um, investments, either A, not investing, or B, when you invest, you don't diversify. So honestly, one of the things, and three of us are doing it, I know, constantly, and, and I know Mike wants to get into it, is you need to take and invest all the time. Now, I assume all of us have either a 401k or 403b that you're yeah. dumping money into. I say 403b is basically the exact same thing as an, as a 401k except for offered by nonprofit corporations. So, Correct. Um, yeah, so we, we just want you guys to be clear on, on what they are so that way you know terminology. Um, right. A lot of healthcare systems, um, if you do happen to work for a nonprofit organization, right, they could offer that as well. So, um, really they're the same thing. Company's going to match you money. It's going to go in there and you're going to be able to transfer it. Um, you know, when, when you're of retirement age. Now or, having, sorry, not transfer, you can draw from it. Correct. Now having that's a great thing, but I'm not only about, funding those accounts let's fund some different accounts whether it's something like acorns where you hook your debit card up to it and it takes your change and throws it in or whether it's something like robin hood or stash where you're just shoving money every month do something where you're investing yeah. you know i i with with my kid i 50 bucks every month goes into her betterment investment account ira every month no choice. You know, I mean, so, right. Diversity keeps you from having, when one thing fails, the possibility of all the things failing isn't, isn't there. Right. So, um, right. We talked about betterment. We talked about 401ks. Uh, I know I have some real estate, right. I mean, it's not going to crash as much as you know something if real estate market goes down like the market could go down but the stock market could go up um right so you have your wealth front um right and so the more the more things that you're into the the better the chances that some of them will make money and the others won't right so you don't want somebody basically you don't want to give somebody 10k and say here invest this hope and pray right you your better odds are lending 10 friends a thousand dollars and nine of them will give you right your your five percent return and the one will just give your thousand dollars back right so what we want to do is try to try to spread that wealth spread that money out so that way they grow in different things 
right? And yes, okay, we all agree that savings accounts aren't the greatest investment, but man, they're 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 solid investments, they're guaranteed returns, you know. I mean, they're gonna give you something. So, right, you can start small and then grow into if your company offers stocks, if your company, you know, one of the, I think David and I definitely agree. If your company offers a 401k match, you take that percentage guaranteed, no matter what it is. I mean, you know, I I, I know Amr and Mike both said that they have. We all have, we all have a 401k or a 403. Like it's it's amazing because you know what the company is giving you free money to invest in that company. So um, grow grow your portfolio as wide as possible. I mean, you know what? The higher the risk, the potential of the reward. So get to where your comfort level is, and and invest money there. Well, and each one of us are different. So when you look at Nick, he has rental properties, he has his 401k, he has his betterment. When you look at me, I have my 403b, I have IRAs, I have Fundrise, which is passive real estate investment. I have Prosper, which is lending money to, you know, people that are just looking to either consolidate debt or pay for home improvements or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, with Mike, he has his retirement account, which I assume in the next year, it's going to move into more than just that retirement account. He's probably going to open two or three more just by what he's done with us. And and when you look at Amr, he goes, yeah, I, I'm pretty much set with what I need and I'm just moving on to making more money. Sure. You know, and, and I know with Umar, right? Like we originally talked and it's like, where does she want to be? And, you know, I, I know he talked about real estate and now like, I know we're going to do episodes about like what things you can do with real estate. You could, you could own, you can lend You know, we'll talk about that in a later episode, but I mean, there's always ways to diversify your portfolio and it's something that everybody Again, it goes back to the education, educating yourself about what options there are, because not there's no cookie cutter way for any one person, right? Comfort is comfort is key. Well, when we look at the money, I know, you know, obviously I decided I'm gonna go back to school, get my finance degree because that's important to me. I like money. I wanted to learn more about investing. I have hit that and Amr and I have talked a little bit and Honestly, his passion is also money, and he'd really like to go and be a financial advisor, but that is kind of a pain in the butt. There's so many right. things you have to do to do that. Go ahead, Amr, talk about that a little bit. So I did a little bit of research, and I'm like, well, what would it take for me to actually have, like, the accreditation, those letters after your name? And you have to take mandatory classes. You have to take all these exams. It was just so out of the question. I, I couldn't believe that that's what they make you do. When in reality, all I want to do is help people get their finances in order. Sure. Like, it's a simple like, hey, I would like to help you out. And I would like to give you the truth and not charge you an arm and a leg for you to get it. So that's why when I found out you were doing these videos, I was like, all right, I'll, I'm on board. Yeah, and that's kind of where, where we're at because I've been able to sit down with some people and say, hey, this is what works for me. And when I threw out there, hey, Nick and I want to talk, Amr jumped right on that and said, listen, 
I love talking about finances and, and if I can learn something great and if I can teach something great, and that's kind of why we started doing this. The same thing with Mike. He sat there and he said, hey, you guys are doing this on Thursday. That's nice and all, but I can't do Thursday. Can you do Tuesday? Because not necessarily is he going to contribute every week, but he wants to sit there and say, okay, what else can I pick out of this and get a little better at? Yeah. Well, you know, and say, even talking with this, right? Like we have multiple people's input on stuff that we are, none of us, I, I own more real estate than all three of you put together, right? I'm not an expert at it because there's always somebody that owns more than me. There's somebody whose 401k is doing better than mine. There's somebody's betterment who's doing better than mine. There's somebody's IRA that's better than mine. There's, right? So there's always somebody that has more knowledge than I do. So I'm always willing to give that a listen. Um, you know, I, I say, I want to, we talk about bad habits and, uh, you know, I, I think another, another bad habit we need to talk about is, is the, the, excuse me, the, the willingness or, you know, the, the willingness to just spend money because you, you feel bad. Um, right. It could be, a, we can throw it back into vices, but right. I mean, you're, you're, you're the person that's lending money. Like you're the mom, you're the aunt, you're the whatever, um, that people come to for money, right? You're, you're constantly lending it out because it, but you know, you know, that has potential that this person is not going to pay you back, right? That that's hurting you financially to get to the next point to where you want to be. So, right. We, we, we look at that, like you have to understand that you can learn to say no. Um, you know, I think that's a big key for us is we find a lot of, especially in the inner city areas, um, you know, people that don't have money, they, they ask other people that don't have money for money, but if they have 10 bucks, they're just going to give it to them, right? To help them get by because they want to see them succeed. So, uh, you know, if, if you don't have it, don't lend it, you know, learn, learn small baby steps to say no, right? I mean, it could be as small as, Hey, I have to put this under contract just to hold them accountable for stuff. I mean, you know what? The, the Honestly, I learned that contracts are a huge key because once somebody, so if I were to loan David 50 bucks and I say, Hey man, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I just want to make this documented, right? If he's not willing to sign that, he really thinks that there's a small chance in his mind that he's not going to pay it back. And that's when you know it's a red flag, right? So when red flags are out there, I mean, honestly, if you have full intentions to pay it back, no harm, no foul, like sign, sign the paperwork, here you go, right? I mean, you know, it, it's, I, sign, I sign documents to buy a house. I intend to pay all that money back. I sign, you know, documents for, you know, whatever I borrow, whether it was a car loan or anything like that, I intend to pay that money back. So every time you borrow money, you intend to pay it back. So you might as well sign that document, right? So if you're the person that's lending, you know, you're always getting hit up for money, man, make a contract, make, make people accountable. That, you know, that, that's the type of habit we're looking for. Well, in making people accountable, they may not like that, but that's really lifting them up. Yep. It's holding them to a standard and, and making them say, listen, I understand this is an obligation. I'm going to pay this obligation off. And hopefully the next time they won't need to come to you and say, hey, I need to borrow 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, and 
you know, I hate to say it, right? But like, what if, what if you telling that person to sign the contract for 50 bucks is that eye opener that they've hit that low point that keeps them from going to the check cashing store. What if, right? Like we play that. What if game, what if you just made them just go, you know, I should probably take a better look at my life and realize this isn't where I want to be. I, you know, I should start that budget, you know, kind of a thing. So I want to be the person that people come to for loans. So I'm kind of the next thing I want to hit on is fees. Bad habits are fees. I don't care if they're finance charges. I don't care if they're annual fees on credit cards. I don't care if they're overdraft fees. I don't care if they're, you know, monthly dues to the gym that you never use. Yeah. Any fees you have that you're not actually seeing a benefit from, they got to go. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. You know, if, if you're not using it, get rid of it. Right. And we talked about credit cards in another episode. We, David and I don't do annual fees. It's just not a thing. I'm not going to give you money to let me borrow money. Uh, right. Cause we pay off our credit cards um, on, on time. So, right. Like I, I know Mike, you know, he, he doesn't do an annual fee. I mean, it's, it's, you know, David, David said, Hey, look, this is, you're wasting money on stuff. So we're trying to keep you from wasting money. Um, you know, if, if you're not, you know, we talked about, uh, all your streaming, streaming apps. If you, you know, I, if, if you're not using them, right. Don't own them. I mean, if it's not costing you money, no harm, no foul. Cause I know some people have Disney plus cause it was for free. Great. Try it out, do it. Right. But you know, after a year, you're going to realize if you watch it or not, cause a year is a long time for free. So that's a, that's a long trial. Um, you know, if you, if you're in, you know, some, some type of, uh, we talk about multi-level marketing, right? If you have a, a, a an annual fee or, uh, a sign up fee to, to do that. It's probably not right. Right. I mean, uh, I, oh, sorry, by, by annual, I mean, uh, like a monthly, a monthly cost to make sure that you stay in the thing. It's, it's not a thing. Like it's not, it's not making you any money. It's actually costing you money every month to do, don't do it. Yeah. And, that, and that's the main thing you, you need to put your resources into things that are actually going to build your wealth. And annual fees, monthly fees, finance charges, none of that's building your wealth. We're, we're not looking for those things. We're looking for, you know, if you use your credit card, they're giving you one and a half percent back. You're paying it off in full. You're making 25 bucks a month or every couple months, whatever it is. They're paying, you know, three, four, five, six hundred dollars a year to use their card. Now we're talking. But that's what it has to be. They need to pay you for the convenience of using their stuff. And, and you know, I want to be clear here is like I pay fees. I pay fees to get loans on houses, right? Like I, I play, I pay a realtor fee or something. There's things that are unavoidable. We're talking about the fees that you can avoid, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's things, you know, it goes back to, again, things that you're not using. And so again, 
find out find out that what what you're what you might be paying money on and getting nothing out of well you know that kind of rolls us into something else never to do some people will tell you this is a great idea because you're paying yourself back don't take a 401k loan don't take you know Umar and i don't have the option to take a 403b loan they don't offer those at the company we work for in an old world we could take a 401k loan and yeah, technically well, you're putting yourself back, but you're losing all of the benefits of that money growing. Yep. Cool. Go ahead, Nick. Well, let's say, you know, and that's, that's, we talked about that in the, in the COVID episode was, right, you can take, you can take money, it's not even a loan, you can take money out of your 401k right now and penalty free. Like, right, but the idea is, is that this money is to grow for a long period of time. You. Losing out the benefit of so much money from this, um, right? Like, I trust me. They're, they're, I'm the guy who thinks about it all the time. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to retire from my job. What do I need a 401k for? What if I just take a loan against myself and pay off a house? Yeah, but I, I, you know, I'm just shooting myself in the foot because you know what? I mean, that that is guaranteed 401k money. That company is matching, like. I've lost out on dollars upon dollars by taking money out. Um, that is a huge thing that David and I agree upon is never, never take a loan against your 401k. Uh, you know what, if it saves you from, if it saves you from bankruptcy, like you better be signing the paper with, with a lawyer that says, I'm going to declare bankruptcy that at that, at that point you hold the pen back and go, you know what? My 401k might save me. Then maybe think about it as long as you don't use all of it. If you use all your 401k to do it, you could take 50% usually without this whole COVID thing being there. Usually you take up to 50% or whatever and then pay yourself back. But like, no, there's no, there's no excuse for it. There's no reason for it. Don't do it. Well, and I, I, I can't speak for Mike, but I can speak for myself. So, you know, I'm, I'm 42. I remember sitting there with our switch from a 401k to a 403b and they're like, Pick out the year you're going to retire. And I started laughing because I don't think I'll ever really retire. Part of that is I work from home and I like my job. So I don't mind doing it because I work from home. Yeah. Part of it's I don't think Social Security will exist at that point because I think all the politicians are going to rob us of our money. So I figure, okay, well, there will be no Social Security. So there's just no possibility of retirement. But, you know, that was... 10-ish years ago. I'm 42 now. I'm retiring at some point. I'm going to fast if it's the day before I die. I'm retiring. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, I, I did the same thing. It was like, how much should you invest per, you know, per the time you want to retire? And again, being 31, I probably started mine with my company, you know, right when I could. So seven years ago, because it, it had to be a year in. And I put it as, you know, so it's called, I was 25 years old. So I put it at, you know, 25 years old. And it was like, you need to invest $1.2 million per year or, you know, per week. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, I'm, I'm retiring tomorrow. Like, I don't know what you people talking about, you know? Um, and, and, you know, the thing about the retirement apps and what I found is, um, you know, I have Wells Fargo. And I can't, I can't input my other incomes to say how much I need. Like, I, you know, I have to guess. So 
it's it's funny because like you know I put in twenty percent right now into my four hundred one k when I when I have a job, and it's like oh you'll get a hundred and five percent of you know potential hundred five percent return and, and you'll have enough money for retirement. And I'm over here laughing, you know I'm like plus plus my real estate plus my betterment plus this plus this, and I'm like man if if this one's a hundred percent like I'm gonna be living large like it doesn't even count any of this so um you know if you if you take one so we talked about diversity. If you take one of those and close it up, right, you, you've limited yourself on where you're going to be later in life. And, you know, you're going to want to use that later in life. Well, I, I don't know if I'll get to the, the living a, a lavish life in retirement. I hope I get to retirement. That'll be great. But I know my daughter will be set up to live a, a retirement because I've set her up as well as I can. And as long as she's smart, She's going to retire, you know, probably early, have money, and be set. Yeah. And yeah. At the end of the day, that's all I care about. I, You know, I'm sure that, you know, Mike, Mike said in the last episode, you know, he just wants his kids to be happy, and that's great. But I know Nick would like his daughter to do whatever she wants to do. You know, I know Umar would probably like his son to do whatever he wants to do. And in all honesty, even though Mike just wants his kids to be happy, that means doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. So, you know, as I say, I, you know, I told you guys in the beginning of the first video that we were going to start with budgeting, budgeting, budgeting. Write it, believe it, set it, right? I want to end episode two, you know, whatever with the exact same thing like we talked about good habits we talked about bad habits the biggest thing we could talk to you guys about is budget 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 right write it down understand it you know set it like once you set it don't forget it right like this will make you the most successful you've ever been and and, and i mean that because you're going to look at it and you're going to you're going to say this is where i'm at this is where i need to be this is who i want to be right so Budget, budget, budget. Um, anybody else want to add anything to to this uh, bad habits or talk about budgeting? You're both very quiet. Let's start with Elmer. No, he, he's going to say he's, he's that. Yeah, you got it. Track everything you can. Once you start tracking it, you know where your money's going, and then you can figure out where you need to make changes. Yeah, perfect. Mike? I really don't have anything to add beyond that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're, you're writing it down, you're holding yourself accountable. And that's the biggest <clears throat> obstacle you have in anything you do, whether it's building wealth, whether it's losing weight, whether it's getting a degree, it, it really doesn't matter. Anything you want to accomplish, if you write it down, you have a better shot of making that happen. So that's a guarantee. So, hey, uh, Bud Light, you know, Anna Bush, if you're out there and you want to sponsor us, make it happen. We'll be the happiest guys ever. Um, any Michigan breweries? Rather, any, I'd rather have water or founders sponsor us because I like those a lot better. I'd be so excited. But no, really, guys, uh, like I always say in every episode, if you liked what you've seen here, like it, subscribe, share it. We'd be happy because we want to teach. We want to teach everybody that's willing to listen. And 
we're hoping that people people enjoy what we're talking about. We're just uh, you know a bunch of friends and good guys that just want to teach everybody. So like, subscribe, share. I really appreciate all that. Take care now. Yeah, send us in some questions. We'd really like to know what you guys want to listen to, talk about. I mean, Nick and I get together usually every weekend, and we're like, hey, what do we want to talk about this week? And, I, you know, we've written down a bunch of things. And even today's, I, I basically talked to him this morning. I wrote down a few things and sent it out to the guys. I said, here, let's add, subtract, whatever. Yep. So give us what you want to talk about because that's that's what we want to talk about, and hopefully we can all learn from each other because you know I want to make more money, and if you can teach me how to do that, then I'm all, I'm all about it. Yeah. Cheers, everybody.